0: Welcome to the cast episode two, uh, the place where we discover and talk about all things in the Welsh music industry. Uh, today we are joined by Keisha Levine. Um, should we start by telling everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Keisha. I'm a singer-songwriter, and if you can't tell by my wonderful accent, I'm from South Wales. Mm, I thought
0: you were going to say you're a Manchester fan. <laughs> uh, <that's very>
1: <laughs> Yeah, I might, uh, might lose some fans by uh, wearing this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not that into football, so, you know, it's pretty safe for me, so I will not judge you. Good. Um Thank you. So, what exactly are you doing at the moment? What what are you working on?
1: Currently working on the second album. Okay. Uh, loved the first album. Uh, myself and uh, Jamie Harris mm-hmm. worked on the first album, and we just formed a great relationship. Uh, so, as soon as that was out, we started working on the second one. Um, due to other commitments and everything like that that's going on, it's been a little bit longer than I wanted, but mm. I chose not to rush it. Uh, Leather Song's come to me, um, and we're going to record uh, kind of as we go on, rather than saying this is the deadline for album number two. Yeah. We'll uh, do a song, see what it's like. Yeah. I brought out uh, the first single, Trouble, earlier this year. I have heard it. And uh, do you like good, yeah,
0: I do. Yeah, I do. No, thank you very much. I, I'll tell you what, we've got, I'll take you back a bit. So um, why don't? So how long have you been doing this then? How long have you been writing songs and performing?
1: I've been writing songs since I was probably 12. Oh, okay. So about 16 years now. Uh, when I started writing songs, I went and recorded them as well. Oh, okay. So I was very lucky that I had really supportive parents. So from that
0: young age, you were recording at 12? Yeah, wow. recording
1: at 12. I did my own music as well as cover albums at 12 as well.
0: Is it still is it all out there in the public domain?
1: Possibly, I haven't quite checked whether no. it is or not.
0: I have to have a, have uh, a uh, trip.
1: it's on it's on my auntie and uncle's playlist because I was at a barbecue recently. Okay. And all of a sudden, my songs that I recorded when I was twelve decided to come on nice. the playlist. So. Uh, so
0: what would the, I suppose social media to look for that time would already been Bebo or something with it. <laughs> Let's go back and have a look at the archives of Bebo see if we can yeah. find a case living. Um so in terms of um you've been writing and recording since you were twelve then, do you think like it's true what they say about like the ten thousand hour thing? Do you think you've had to like go th- do, you, do you look back at the stuff you have done and think, you know, is that like your worst stuff and now you've gone through that sort of
1: I think so. There's there's a lot when you first start out I'd probably say the first five years hmm. you're experimenting you've got people in your year as well going you should do this Hmm. you should do that
0: my parents and stuff
1: no in all fairness my parents are amazing Um, and they've they've never once said to me you know you should be doing this you should be doing that Um, they know I'm my own person Hmm. um, and I'll kind of eventually make up my own mind but you know you you do listen to people where there is people in the studio I've had it before where I've I've wanted to blend country music and my love of eighties music and I've gone into the studio and, you know, the engineers or the producers and the people you're working with have taken your songs in a completely different direction mm-hmm. or, you know, emphasised certain bits. So when it's I, hard to
0: say no in that setting as I think sometimes anyway if it's like three or four people in a session saying Yeah, I, you know. I think
1: I was I was eighteen at the time, um, and recording songs like Run To You and, and Encore Madame that I recorded which they are unfortunately in public domain mm. um, they are very country yeah and even though I really liked Run To You at the time it's not it's, me you know very much not me so you will go through all those things and eventually you will find something yeah you know that you you know is your sound and you've got to find the right person
0: well Having you've performed yours and in, uh, in the foundry, and you know, having heard the you live, um, I can see there's obviously a really good relationship with you and Jam, um, and you know, from somebody who's, who was the first time I'd ever seen you live, you'd seem to really have that um, that nail down your sound, you know, and what you the way you were going with it, um, and also I know that the people who came to see you that night were like really impressed that it was it was a different genre it was like it wasn't you know we've we've had loads of rock bands and we've had like singer-songwriter just sort of acoustic Americana type thing but you definitely took your own spin especially with a full band production um yeah I think you know definitely keep doing what you're doing because I think that um sometimes when you know yourself um, and you sort of fight off other people's opinions I think sometimes it turns out for the best in the end you know
1: yeah, I think, you know, going back on, you know, my relationship with Jamie. there's such a, you know, a really good connection with us and knowing the, the direction that I gonna yeah. go. He loves his 80s music as well, so if, you know, if you look at, you know, the stuff he's currently bringing out, mm. it's very 80s, but he also knows that I love country music, so yeah. there is there is a very good blend, um, and we take inspiration from, you know, you like Fleetwood Mac and... Yeah, well, I I would say you know know, very much. That That was one
0: thing that stood out um, from your performance. Actually, I was you know I was like this is very Stevie Nicks, you know, and like it was it was there was a lot of sort of like little moments in there which I thought yeah, very Fleetwood Mac. But the um, in terms of your songs and like having watched you live, I saw um, you speak a lot about sort of like influences and things on your music, Um, and during the evening, you mentioned like family members and all that sort of stuff. Is that where you take your inspiration from, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so, cause I, I kind of lead, not a boring life, but you know, I'm not, you know, I don't drink anymore. Um, I very rarely go out because of work commitments. You know, so if I do go out, it's a very quiet family gathering mm. or something like that. So nothing really exciting happens to me. Yeah. So then you've, you've kind of got to look into other people's lives um, and then recently, I've been taking inspiration from TV shows, which okay. I've, I've never done before.
0: What sort of show was you into?
1: Well, I was re watching Charmed. Okay. <laughs> so, Charmed, I grew up watching yeah, yeah. Charmed. You know, it was the late 90s, early noughties, and, you know, it was kind of when I was in you know, primary school, secondary school. And mm. um, I, I always loved the show. And I was re watching it, and it's got oh, great, like, late 80s, early 90s bands. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was kind of taking inspiration of of uh, bits of that, and
0: yeah. so is some of that feature in the new album.
1: Yes, definitely. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, when I hear it, now, I'll be listening to listening to those yeah. uh, charmed influences. Um, so, in terms of like your career so far, then what would you say like is a highlight that you've experienced so far?
1: I think first of all, BBC Radio Wales. I think you know getting onto the A list is. You know you know you know this place you you see so many top-class musicians mm. in a singer-songwriter just come through the door and this is you know they're only in Brecon or yeah. you know South Wales or Mid Wales there are so many bands in in Wales at the moment that are so good so to be chosen in that six yeah, yeah Um, and I've you know had two weeks three weeks on these uh, on these a lists as well so that is was it, is it more than once you've been on the a-list Three times. Three, oh, okay, well. Yeah, so The Crown was on there, Song Goes On was on there, and, and Trouble, the latest yeah. one, was on the A-list as well. So, you know, so do it once and then do it three times. It's, yeah, yeah, You know, it's incredible. So that was that was definitely the, you know, the first highlight, which led into then I sang on Wynne Evans' tour, mm. which that was awesome, which I, I did in Newbridge Memo, and then I worked with Mal Pope. Yeah. and I got a duet with Malpo you know, and it's kind of every little thing is is leading into another and bringing other opportunities so yeah so
0: do you find that like the with BBC Wales and Malpo and as well that sort of stuff do you feel like when you do get into those circles if you make it on the A-list and all that sort of stuff is there like a continuation do you like stay in touch with people and do you become friendly with these people and does that help further than things I
1: think so yeah I think once you you kind of break that barrier hmm. and they kind of see you then yes you will see more opportunities come your way yeah but to make that first break is so hard you know yeah, and it, yeah. it's just bbc really well you know it's, it's not like bbc one or anything but it's to just even do it at that level yeah it's so hard these days
0: well, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's national recognised, you know. Like, I think um, one person springs to mind, is it uh, Bronwyn Lewis? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, she went from singing on TikTok to I think she's got her own show on Radio Wales now as well. Should, so yeah. I think it's, um, you know, it's really good that that, if that, as you say, things come together and people, you know, there is that sort of community forming in, in, uh, in the Welsh music industry. I think that can only be a good thing, especially, you know, everybody's got their own networks and you never know where that sort of thing is going to go then. So, um, so, yeah, I think it's a really good... The thing for well, the Welsh music industry in general, um, and it does—it seems within reach as well. I think, like with the social media stuff, you know, everybody's put out. There's no sort of like middleman stopping you from however you put it out. Obviously, there's better ways to put it out than um, than others. But um, I think have, having that accessibility to you know, even just as simple as tagging BBC Wales and money posts post or something, you know, it can it can be that easy.
1: Yeah, I think if you look back, you know, the ten years kind of. I've been I've been writing and, and releasing music you know, properly, you know, as a professional musician. I think getting onto these radio shows and getting people to hear your music hmm. is easier. Uh, I, I suppose streaming and things like that come into into account. And not Bebo. And Not Bebo, and <laughs> unfortunately, no, I didn't have much luck with Bebo. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it is. It is a little bit easier where the streaming and social media is the right thing mm. for the industry which I've had lots of conversations with
0: well we could do a whole episode on yeah, that I think yeah I know.
1: think you know we've we've recently spoke to you know a lot of indie labels and artists what well, their opinion is and it's very I thought they would be just very one sided and just be like you know streaming is ruining the industry but yeah you know there's a lot of people are like well no you know I'm people are listening to me in America and Australia yeah and, you know, and...
0: well, I know there are bands releasing solely on vinyl. There are bands who you can't get their music any other way. I mean, that's that's brave. Like, that's, that's very brave. You know, it's like you you rely on you know the, the merch sales. You rely on the, you know um, you, you, even CD sales. I know people still sell CDs, and sometimes I don't even think it's about how you access the music. Some, sometimes people just like some intangibles take away with them. Um, so I think just to exclusively release on that, um, sometimes these bands not even like they haven't got a massive following yet. But people who feel strongly about the way streaming, um, has an impact on the industry. I think sometimes if those fans feel the same way as the artists, then they are the ones who are going to purchase, you know, that sort of thing. So
1: definitely, um, I think I've done a run of CDs, hmm. um, but it's very, I think CDs are completely on the way out now. You know, it's a lot of people don't have CD players in the house or in the car. Yeah where something like vinyl people collect you know i've got a vinyl collection yeah i don't listen to all the time but as you said it's, it's something tangible it's yeah. something to collect and it's a nice a nice bit of uh, like memorabilia
0: yeah yeah well i remember like yeah. you you remember when um i was back at cobra music studios in newport and uh, we used to record like a lot of choirs and things you know so i suppose it's like horses for courses because you know we we would still sell packages of like a thousand cds and things and People, they, people do sell them, you know. But I suppose it depends who your target market is for that. So, I'm, I mean, like I say, you could do a full episode on the streaming side of things, but um, you know, it's, it's definitely had an impact. But whether it's positive or negative, I suppose is both on both sides. Like, um, so in terms of your highlights, on the opposite side, what what would you say is like the the hardest part of your journey so far?
1: I think it's been able to fund things, you know. It's, mm. I'm a professional musician, I do it full-time, so... Well, that's my
0: next question, so you are you are full-time Yeah, Yeah,
1: full, you know, full-time musician, so that's very hard. Mm. I made the choice to carry on doing cover gigs, mm. because it's a, you know, it's a form of income. I still keep my craft mm. to a high level. I've always had this conversation with many songwriters, if you want to gig your own music, but you're not doing it very often, it will show when you do a live gig that you don't do it very often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a very good conversation when I first got on to BBC Radio Wales on the A-List with Ed Richmond, one of the producers. Mm. And he asked me about my background and I said, yeah, I do cover shows. I said, I'm not ashamed to say, because there was always this stigma that singer-songwriters shouldn't be doing you know, cover shows. Mm. And I'm, I'm like... I'm completely you know against that because I keep my craft up I know how to perform I know how to capture an audience you know because I've done it for 12 14 years now so that when I do my own show and I play my own music I still know how to put on a show because you're guaranteed most places you go they might have viewed one song of yours yeah maybe two don't get me wrong you'll have that small percentage that have viewed all your music Hmm. But you've still got to find a way to perform the songs to a high level. People want to come back to a show. Yeah, yeah. Want to, you know, purchase your music and that. So I, I do cover shows. I, you know, I enjoy them. I do different venues, privates, corporates, and and everything. So uh, yeah, that's you know, it's exciting. I like it. But
0: it's it's more sort of like a financial thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, you, you you've got to do it to be able to pay. You know. For new music and, and things like that because it's, you know, it's not cheap to find someone who's very good at producing the music, Yeah. yeah. you know, and then distributing and, and everything, which is lucky, obviously, Tune. Yeah. I got my own company to distribute, yeah. which yeah. is, you know, which is great, but there's still other financial things that have got to come into account.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, mm. so let's talk about Tune. What, what is Tune?
1: So we're essentially a, a media company. We started off as sound which was a record label, and I joined as an artist. Then eventually started working, and then we made a decision then that we weren't getting the full benefit out of it ourselves as well as other artists when it was a record label. It was a few things, you know, we had too many people on the label, we didn't have time to do other things, so we made a decision to break away. Mm. And myself, Mike Kennedy and Craig Mapstone decided then to create 2Media. Where it wouldn't be a record label, it would be a media company. We would still work on PR and distribution. But also then we could focus on the things that we really love, mm. which is live events, festivals, our magazine, you know, we we do bits of photography and, you know, live interviews. So we essentially have become a one stop shop mm. for musicians.
0: So, like, you should probably point out as well that um, tune is spelled t i w n, mm-hmm. and um, it's the it's the Welsh version of it. Like, the in case people want to go and have a look at this afterwards, because is it, I know so you've got two pages online. There's the Tune Media, and then there's Tune PR and plugin.
1: Yep. So, essentially, it's run by you know the both both of us. Yeah. Um, myself and and Mike tend to tend to run the social medias, and you'll find the same on Instagram as well. We've got Tune Media and Tune PR. Hmm. but people can contact us on either one for kind of everything that we provide and um, yeah, just live shows and merch and whatever on So board. in
0: terms of Tune itself then obviously we've just spoken about cover shows and funding things and stuff so why do you think it's important to have I mean you're lucky enough to have the media company for the distribution and all that sort of stuff I mean why do you think it is so important to have the likes of Toon to, for the distribution I mean as an, as an artist who isn't on a label um, you know, what what's the sort of what's the benefits of that? Then?
1: I think it can be very daunting hmm. um, for for an artist because it's not only just recording a piece of music, putting it onto a distribution, hmm. and that's it. You yep. know, there's
0: well, it's if, a campaign essentially isn't it? It's, 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 it's like exactly. Beginning, the middle, and end. You with also a goal.
1: then got to think of your PRS, yeah, and things like that. Yeah, that I speak with artists now that they're in their forties. And they still don't know anything about PRS. Hmm. They've never set one up. Yeah. And, you know, myself, Mike and Craig have got 50, 60 years plus yeah, yeah. It, between us of, you know, industry experience. And, you know, we talk through anything with anyone if they need any help, as well as obviously doing the PR campaigns. Yeah. I know a lot of artists that really don't like putting together the EPKs. Contacting you know stations and publications I'm an artist that like to have has you know 100% control over everything yeah you know I've always been a little bit of a control freak you know I, I just always
0: have do you uh, find it better, better to be that way for respecting your own experience
1: I think it depends on how well you do it
0: like we just spoke about the, you know? the studio side of things where you have people like I'm an influence on your music yeah in terms of like a release campaign and um, you know in the destiny where all your stuff goes do you think it's important like because obviously a lot of people are self-produced now a lot of people are recording it in their bedrooms and stuff like yeah. that do you think it's important to have that complete control or do you think it's better to have half sometimes half of something than all of nothing
1: i tend to have 100 control except when i give my demos over to Jamie. okay because him himself he doesn't you know produce or yeah. his own music because we know that there'll always be something that we'll want to do to perfection or we always want to change our thing sometimes you've got to leather control hmm. so i always find that once i've done the demo i'll speak to him about it and say you know these are certain bits that i want to keep through this is the right he's We've worked together now for quite a while.
0: But he, he, he seems to be somebody who gets it. You know, some, I suppose that comes down to a trust element then, isn't it? If you find somebody who you yeah. trust with your music, maybe not so much to take over, but, like, just have an influence and a positive influence, yeah. you know?
1: I, I, I just give it over and go, this is the yeah. song. Do what you want with it. Yeah, yeah. And I've ne- he's never given me something back that I've gone, no. Yeah. You know, there might have been things like, yeah, but... Can you slightly change the intro. Can you put a little bit more reverb on, or you yeah. know, just normal things like that? Yeah, but yeah. as the way the song goes and the direction, I just let him mm. carry on. But the other side to it is like the EPKs and the bios and and the genres that you and the people you want to contact. I like to have control over that. Yeah. And when I work with artists, so artists come to us to run a campaign. I will always send the EPK to them, make sure it's okay. Yeah. we always ask for you know a bio that they've written, or someone has written for them because you know we don't want to be putting a bio out that an artist doesn't agree with you yeah, know? Yeah, sure. so there's always there's always a, a good element of probably fifty fifty in the campaign mm. um, but you know as an artist yourself, I think you've got to find the right people that you trust. So, well, and
0: I suppose you've got that empathy as well. With some, when somebody comes to your tune, and they, you know, they're looking to um, do the release campaign or even don't know where to start. I suppose like them knowing that you are an artist yourself, you are out there, you are doing it, you are going through the things that, or maybe you've done the things they're starting to do. Yeah. You know, I suppose that's like a reassurance for them then
1: to absolutely like Craig. Craig's a musician. I'm a musician. Mike's a musician. Yeah. You know, is we are not we not business people. Yeah we're not you're trying to save people's money and 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 not get them anyway yeah our one goal is to support encourage and just increase the number of artists releasing their music and, yeah. and get them where they want to go yeah and obviously when we do speak to people it's like you're in good hands yeah you know we understand you know what you're going through what you're trying to do so people can can trust us and then they can trust us with every element that yeah, we sure. offer because you might go to as well especially as a solo artist because I know that with a band it might be slightly different but as a solo artist you think right I want to do merch so you try and look for someone to do merch you can't guarantee that quality that's going to no. come back to you
0: fruit to the loom it,
1: <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> do you mean, I still have I still have artists now that we've worked with previously That so we offer two different types we offer print on demand or or your normal bulk print on demand does not cost an artist anything Mm. so we out with designs as well from on our website once we sell something the profits then are split Mm. between the artists and us so then an artist doesn't have to fork out any money because i know 250 quid 300 quid yeah yeah you know for for a bulk order
0: well and they, they could just be sat there like our conversation about CDs you know yeah. it's like that if they you're just, not gigging
1: they're sat there or you get them back and you're like you know yeah what quality is this
2: yeah
1: where when we order it's given soft style lovely everyone yeah. who's ever had a t-shirt off us, like oh, they're so comfy
0: yeah so soft That's what you want. it seems like something petty but I know like we have bands and artists all the time and like my little thing for bands and artists is I do like to try and support them if there is merch i you know as long as I can, I will buy, yeah. you know, a t-shirt or something, exactly. you know, yeah. we've, got, like, we've got a collection of CDs over there, I got my studio ceiling's full of t-shirts and stuff with people we've worked with, and it seems like nobody would nobody would ever sort of look at that detail, but those little things, I, I do sort of look at the, you know, the yeah. label on and go, oh, you know, that's, was, that's quite nice actually. There's a What's couple that, well? that
1: we've worked with and we've said to them, you know, just, if you want merch, just yeah. come and ask us, you know, we, if we want a bulk order, you know, we're a lot cheaper than a lot of other places yeah. as well, because we take very very minimal profit on yeah, things. Yeah. And I saw a band and they'd had an order through and I just looked straight away. Yeah. At a picture on Facebook. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. And you could tell that I was like, because oh. we would have taken the design and we would have, you know, made it a That's better, yeah, clearer, yeah. and you know because. If I'm doing merch, you know, Craig does a lot of the you know the design work for the for the merch and that. So if we are doing something, we want it the quality that we know that we'd wear. Oh yeah, Or oh, I yeah. want it for my merch. Yeah. You know, we're not gonna just get a design or someone slap it on a t-shirt and send it off. Yeah, yeah. Any other company could do that. That's yeah, yeah, sure. not what what we're about. But then I, I made the effort then to just yeah. message them. And say, hello. Come with us, and you know, and we'll we'll sort it out, and we'll we'll get you some nice merch, you know. Great stuff.
0: cool. So, um, in terms of yourself, then, um, we've always a little bit about Tune, um, and you know, you should definitely go and check them out as well, because Craig is Secret Puzzle Society, isn't he? Yes, he is, yeah. Um, online, and I think he actually stood in for somebody as support on your show, if I remember rightly.
1: Yeah. He- Katie Lurie yeah yeah somebody couldn't that, so yeah. Uh, yeah he jumped in and
0: I, I know he played the Berlin stage last year at the Jazz as well and yes. you know fantastic and yeah. obviously I, I know Mike as well so definitely go and check out 2Media as well um, so in terms of yourself then going forward for the next few months or whatever I know we discussed a little bit about the second album at the start so what what are your hopes for the, like the next few months what are you what's your sort of like aims for the for the next album and things?
1: so I'm currently recording two songs um like That's I said, we I'm trying not to put, you know, timelines on everything, but there are a couple of songs floating around. Jamie's got them. He's he's getting married, uh, nice. this month or next month, so I know he's got about six weeks off. So yeah, it's going to be a case of you know, finish the tracks before he goes, and then I'll, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: I'll go and record the vocals then in a local studio. And
0: so, just while we're on the subject, timelines. Then, mm-hmm. you do you find that a negative for you? into too much pressure on yourself at yeah time,
1: I, mean. I think the first album it was it was way too structured okay because I was constantly going I need this out here I need this out here but when I released the first album it was under sound hmm. so it wasn't I wasn't completely in control as well okay I had to give you know six to eight weeks to someone else so they could upload it to make sure we get all the campaigns you know now when I'm doing it all myself yeah I can be a little bit more relaxed about it I would like to have a bit more of a tight schedule hmm. um, rather than it just be really loose and just like, oh, September sometime. Or yeah, yeah. December, well, maybe next year. But the work we're doing with Tune at the moment, it's so busy. And as I said, there's only three of us. Yeah. And we're trying to keep up with everything with live shows, my own gigs, the Tune work. So I know you doing, doing quite a lot of Newbridge
0: Memo at the moment, didn't you?
1: Yes, Newbridge, yeah. We got band nights, tributes, uh, with fantastic cyclo there. They sounded great. You know, which, they were incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's an amazing afternoon, so we trialled it. We trialled a Sunday afternoon, hmm. because, you know, what do people do at was 2 on a Sunday, you know? So we trialled it. We had a great, I think we had 70 people there it was just awesome and straight through the show I was just walking around cause I was taking photos of the show as well and people were like stopping me and were just like mm. coming and back I was like yeah we'll sort it for the next you know maybe end of the year next year no 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 like next week oh uh, okay so they were like, they were they were incredible and yeah our band nights original music which you know like yourself very important to have in venues mm and uh, yeah we got tribute nights as well because that's what the people want so yeah. you know we're very happy i just want to bring live music
0: well to New Ridge memo, so. in, in terms of like that um balancing act then you know there's like you're saying about so there's like your cover shows mm-hmm. your original music stuff then you're working with tune your are putting on shows with newbridge memo some of those are band nights and some of those are tributes it seems to be like a a feature where like myself personally i performed for 10 years and i did most of that was covers and sometimes i would throw in a few of my own songs Mm -hmm. which i never even released because i was so used to doing covers in the end that was like that was basically what i did for a living and my sort of fool thing even from school age i guess was like i just want to make a living from music i don't i don't really care what it is you know and now it's brought me to a music venue you know but so it's like it's it's almost like people set their own Um, goals themselves but like almost you You sometimes you can find yourself in a situation where you're doing something you completely don't want to do anyway I think like I think it was Jim Carrey his his dad was like a really funny guy but he never went into comedy and he chose chose a safe job or something and got fired and like there's a really famous quote from Jim Carrey says like you can fail at doing something you don't want to do so you might as well try what you do so you know so it's like that that sort of for me, it was always like that, wanting to, um, you know, just make a living from music type thing. So, in terms of that balancing act at Newbridge Memo, are you finding there's a good balance? And what's that sort of ratio between original and um, covers music?
1: We started off with a band night, like Original Music once a month, and we just found that that didn't work. Hmm. But we knew it would be a work in progress. We knew that we'd have to make sacrifices here and there and change the way we do it. So we tend to drop in a little bit of the, the tribute nights and we had to say Glow. So that's getting better, but at it's, the moment it's difficult. Like you said, it's, you can't sell the original music at the moment. Hmm. So what we are trying to do, because it, it costs a lot of money, you know, it's yeah. the the simple fact is it costs a lot of money to put on a show. Yeah. You know, people might say, you know, a fiver to watch three bands is too expensive. But when you factor in everything else yeah. as far as sound engineers and people security on the doors and and everything like that, then you we're still not making a profit. We're sometimes not even breaking even.
0: Well, I mean it's, it's easy for like us, I suppose as music promoters to say like a fiver to watch three bands, you nuts. You know, like yeah. that's nothing. I yeah. think but things are tight you yeah know, people oh, are...
1: absolutely but
0: I think in terms of like the original music type thing people if, if somebody was on BBC Radio Wales like I know that was a selling point for your show people mm-hmm. saw B- Wales, BBC Wales A-Lister yeah. and, oh my god we'll go, we'll go to that but I saw something in a few weeks ago so the CEO of Music Venue Trust is like doing his damnness to try and get a pound from every stadium to a gig mm-hmm. like Coldplay is an example um he's trying to get a pound from every ticket sale to go to music venue trust to help grassroots music venues and uh one statistic music venue trust put on their social media a few weeks back was something like in 97 or 98 something like that coldplay did a tour of grassroots music venues in the uk 58 gigs or 58 dates or something like that and it was like now they are playing stadium tours and six of them are still going six of those grassroots music venues. They That's reckon great. it's like one, one a week or something in grassroots music yeah. venues, which, you know, at some, I, I sort of think to myself, you know, when's there art? time? <laughs> <So laughs> yeah. You know, you sort of like look at that statistic and it's scary. Absolutely. So, I is... mean, so like we, back to the, the question of like the original and um, uh, cover bands, you know, you can't, I don't think you can mix the two either because like I've had shows here where I've put a covers band as the main act at the end. And then support acts, but people come to a gig expecting a particular thing. So if like you put Americana, then you put country music, and then you put the headliners of rock band, that doesn't work as a bill. So like, how you know? Do you, is do you think is a way to? We've
1: we've tried to. We've tried to kind of section it out so we have a rock band night, hmm. you know, where's all original, you know, music, and that kind of works hmm. because you get kind of fans and you know followers of one band will see another band that's in a similar genre and yeah. you're almost guaranteed that they will enjoy that other other band but in terms of cover artists so we did tomb fest this year and it was all original music yeah in all fairness we you know we had a decent turnout we broke even which on the first on a pretty much on the first festival yeah, yeah. you can't ask for much more than that And it was all original music. We had an acoustic stage, main stage. Mm. And we mixed genres all day. And that was incredible. But I had one note of a couple of people saying, could have done with a cover band. Right. You would have got more people in if you'd had a cover band.
0: I get this all the time.
1: And I'm like, but it's not a cover festival. You can have, Mm. you know, Glaston Selfie. Yeah. You know, I know it's a, a charity festival. Yeah. But, you know, Jane, as thousands of people turn out, because it's cover bands and tribute If you wanna go and see that, you know, that's fine. Yeah. You know, we are trying to put on a festival that's in you know, in Newbridge, in villages, where you don't have to pay a ridiculous amount of money to go to Cardiff. Yeah. You know, because it's not just a ticket in Cardiff, it's train, it's drinks, it's everything. yeah. yeah. Instead, you know, you can come to Newbridge and see the same quality, yeah. but you spend less money because it's local and you can walk yeah. or grab a cheap taxi and yeah. you know that's our aim is to bring that quality that you see in Cardiff and you bought but bring it up into the yeah. valleys
0: yeah. so it's exactly the same as this place really right? yeah. you know it's like you know rural place but so yeah so it's a, I think it's a, a tricky one without sort of like how do you you know how you balance that ratio? I'm yet to speak to anybody who knows you know so <laughs> I don't you know.
1: I think we you know we're trying we we're putting on it's it's difficult for us to put on a, on a cover band a normal pub band mm. because of the expenses the room you know it's a three hundred oh, yeah, yeah. kind of capacity room and we'd have to charge something mm. on the door to pay for the band and, and staff and everything and people wouldn't pay when they can just go to the pub and and yeah. see them yes but Tripodax, I think they're going well there yeah. I think that works and um,
0: it's almost like um, you're saying about the, like, the cover things for yourself as your own shows to sort of like to fund the other things yeah. it's almost like having those nights that you know work financially yeah. having a few of those enough to support the original music you I know, think
1: it's eight months I think we've been doing things at Memo and I think we've figured out a plan yeah, where it'll be probably five to six nights. Yeah. Of original band nights, and then we'll fill in the rest then with whether it's like a Siglo, so you we'll have like a, a swinging Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you know? yeah. And we are. We'll be capable
0: of turning up to that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, we will trying uh, try and market that. Swinging right. Sunday <laughs> in
0: New Bridge Everyone will be there. Brilliant. Um, hey,
1: people turn up, people turn up. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, so in terms of, like, the bands, then you get, like, young bands, is it, or...? Is
1: it... Everything, to be honest. is um, We've had, a, you know, very fresh, you know, 16-, 17-, 18-year-olds come and play. Because um, it's
0: really good that you've got that um, platform for, like, younger bands, yeah. you know, to, to perform on. Sorts like of I, I
1: performed... I did a show... Was it, I think it was January, and on on mine. Uh there was a very, very young band from Swansea. Yeah. And they were eighteen. Okay. I maybe performed a handful of times. Um, you know, I headlined uh Frankie Wesson oh, and right. you know, which another great musician. Yeah. Top quality band. Uh was on just before me then. So the young girl then that was performing maybe a fifth show or something could yeah. see, you know, you keep it at it and
0: well, it's like they're adopting of audiences as well for the evening, and yeah, so exactly. Thing. So, what yeah. um, in terms of Tune itself? Then, what so what's Tune doing with regards to like younger bands and things? Then,
1: so we've got a Tune Academy. Okay. We've started doing primary schools. So we oh, ah, cool. we go into primary schools and we do a like a song songwriting workshop. Myself and Craig go in on the one day and we just write songs with them. Yeah. It's very very like kind of easy contact we go in we you know write whatever they want to write about yeah you know we I think last week we wrote a football song because that's what the kids wanted to write don't
0: lie don't lie lie. what you want to write about
1: actually I did say to them though because I was like right I love my football (laughs) I said we can write a football song but not about Liverpool (laughs) but no teams it can't be any teams involved because that would stress me out and uh, in all fairness they didn't you know it was all about team spirit and and whatever we've done loads of like year six so we've done their like Leave In Assembly songs and Yeah, it's great the kids absolutely love it we have one day there and then we go in a couple of weeks later and they record all the vocals and at the end of it then they have a music video It's
0: like brilliant song,
1: we did to, a, you song know?
0: we did the same thing uh, last week we had yeah. um, primary school year last week and uh, do you know Dean Yanel the beatboxer mhm Um, great guy like he's always he's been doing a lot of like really good things for schools and music um, and obviously promoting beatboxing as well Um, met him a long long time ago and to see sort of like what he's done with the groups and particularly sort of people who are uh, normally less engaged in like the normal class activities I mean I found myself doing workshops that you know you find anybody who's got like additional learning needs or anything like that they are the people who really benefit from those sorts of things you know they sort of come out to themselves um you know and it's I like I've done songwriting workshops on key issues with councils and things you know yeah. like loan sharks life crime all that sort of yeah. stuff you know and you get all that but even just the process itself I think um allowing them to like individually give ideas one they feel like they're being cured and they're being included in the the thing wherever you know whatever the topic is um but I think they get so much more out of it um than just the music you know it's it's like those um chance like you saying about writing songs from a young age at the age of 12 and things um the chance to be able to do that when you're not musically inclined I suppose like it's you know it's part of the the bigger thing especially recording and doing the video at the end and things so what happens then after that that is is the is the Tune Academy then solely the schools or is it you
1: so we are working on a couple of things we eventually want to Going to comprehensives, which will be tailored differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been speaking to a few colleges, again, tailored differently. And then we will have like an 18 to 25 Ah, um, kind of pathway. Good stuff. So it's all a work in progress. We've got a fantastic idea that we are currently working on with funding um, to kind of expand it to be out of school hours yeah so it'd be in an evenings and the weekends thing as well so that is something that, like I said really passionate about because yeah. I had the luxury of having parents who were musically inclined you know yeah. my father you know he plays drums and sings and keyboard and guitar yeah, yeah. my mom's a singer so I grew up listening to music playing music had instruments in the house yeah. So when I said I wanted to become a singer and I wanted to become a performer, it was like, a okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Not like an alien with two heads, like. What? Yeah. You know, you know. Proper job.
1: But we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in all fairness, I've never had that, which is really good. Yeah. But then you've got these children that we go into the schools that we go into with the children that have never seen an instrument. You know, they've never picked up an instrument. They've played an instrument. You know, and it's as you said before going into schools and having that whether it's one child or a few children that won't engage in a mm. math lesson you know guaranteed to be sitting outside of the class we had one recently he behaviour was that bad that the school wouldn't allow him to take part but he saw what we were doing yeah and he came into the room sang a song and he was brilliant and then he wants what he wants to do.
0: It's brilliant. Like, it's, it makes it all worthwhile. It? Like the, you know, and like we'll
1: have teachers going, you know, you sons of sons, they don't pay attention. And yeah. you add their attention from 10 o'clock until 3 o'clock.
2: Yeah. You know, they're, oh, yeah.
1: they're baffled by. You know, so that's what music can do.
0: Yeah, but I, I really like the way sometimes now, like, I, I go back to Dean now. it's like he actually goes into the school now and, and relays that information to the teachers. Mm-hmm. you know so then the teachers got more stuff in their armory as well for I say yeah. I think I think it all really helps. Um so I'm going to wrap up there I feel like for episode 2 I think this I could just carry on talking for ages like really yeah. informally about mm-hmm. this but now we are going to show you a little bit of Keisha Levine in action. Uh so thanks for tuning in there will be uh episode 3 coming soon so look out for that. And uh yeah, thank you for coming.
1: Thanks for having me. So slow, the nights are long The nights are long